Friends, there are three sacraments of Christian initiation. Baptism, confirmation, and the Holy Eucharist. In receiving these three, then one is initiated completely into, into the life of Christ, into the life of the church. Two of the sacraments, baptism and confirmation, cannot be repeated. Once they are received, they're, they're received. They put an indelible mark on the person's soul. The, the sacrament of Holy Communion we're asked to receive again and again because it's through this sacrament that, that the first two sacraments are increased, namely God's life within us. The Holy Eucharist sustains us and enriches our relationship with God. I want to read to you the first paragraph on the sacrament of confirmation, which I'll be speaking about in today's homily. This is from the Catechism. It says, Baptism, the Eucharist, and the Sacrament of Confirmation together constitute the sacraments of Christian initiation, whose unity must be safeguarded. It must be explained to the faithful that the reception of the Sacrament of Confirmation is necessary for the completion of baptismal grace. For by the Sacrament of Confirmation, the baptized are more perfectly bound to the Church and are enriched with the special strength of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this last sentence. Hence they are, as true witnesses of Christ, more strictly obliged to spread and defend the faith by word and deed. I'm going to flesh that out a bit. God became man to go to war. God became man to go to war. We sold ourselves to the devil there in the Garden of Eden. The devil thought he had a hold of us. But then God became man to go to war with the devil to, to bring back humanity into relationship with God. He does it by entering into our lives, by becoming completely one of us, completely a human being. He takes on everything that we have but sin. He says a perfect yes to the Father. Even when it comes time for his own death, he hands himself over to humanity, the very ones he's trying to save, and humanity kills him. Humanity kills Jesus. The devil thought he was able to get humanity to turn, to turn on Jesus. But as Jesus is there hanging on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And in dying, he, he conquers death. He conquers sin. He rises from the dead. The dead man turns back alive. First time ever in the history of humanity, someone who died turns back alive, never to die again. And he brings humanity back into relationship with God. That's effected in us through the sacraments. It's effected first in baptism. It's completed in confirmation. And of course nourished by the Holy Eucharist. God became man so as to go to war. He came to establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. He, he came to enlist all of us in the army. Those of you who are older those of you who were confirmed about, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago, 
You remember when you received the sacrament of confirmation? Right after you received the sacrament, the bishop would then slap you on the cheek. Do you guys remember that? Some of you remember that? <laughs> Good response. You shouldn't remember. <laughs> The whole point of it, it was like a little boot camp. One was confirmed, and then one was slapped, meaning, are you ready now to lay down your life for Jesus? Are you ready to fight for Jesus? The sacrament of confirmation makes us soldiers of Jesus Christ. Which means we're given weapons. Which means when we are confirmed, when we're baptized, we're given weapons to overcome the devil. But in order to overcome the devil in our lives, in order to overcome evil, to overcome sin, we must be connected to the king. So in the Our Father we pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. But we live our lives like this. My kingdom come, my will be done, at home as I do it at work. We want to do it our way. We want to live our, our life our way. Because we've, been, we've, we've fallen into the trap of the devil, we believed his lie that heaven's not that important. Or even a worse lie, no matter how you live your life, you're going to heaven. It's like the, the army going into battle. If the army thinks they're going to win, they don't try. But if they go in wanting to win, oh, they lay their lives down for their country and they fight and they win. Sports are similar. Tonight we're going to be watching the the Super Bowl game. Many of us will. Some of you are like, I don't care about it. I think it's great. Those teams, the Patriots and the Rams, if one team goes in not caring about winning or thinking, I'm going to win, I'm going to win this, and then they make assumptions and they don't try. The evil one wants you and I to believe that we're going to heaven, whether we try it or not. Jesus gave us the sacrament of confirmation to give us weapons to fight. To fight. What are these weapons? I want to tell a little story right before I before I tell you what the weapons are. Do you remember do you remember the, the scene at the Garden of Gethsemane? So there Jesus is, he's with Peter, James, and John, his three closest apostles. And, and the chief priests, the scribes, as well as the Roman officials, they're coming with Judas. Judas is one of Jesus' apostles. He's, he's just betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And they're going to come and, and um, they're going to arrest Jesus. So they come to the garden. And in a short time, as they're about to arrest Jesus, Peter takes out his sword and he cuts off the ear of one of the soldiers. Jesus says to Peter, put your sword away. Those who live by the sword die by the sword. And then Jesus fights the best battle ever. He hands himself over to death, and he conquers death. 
The greatest weapon is the weapon that Jesus used, the weapon of, and this, this sounds like superficial and maybe it's overused, but I'll explain what it means. Jesus uses the weapon of love, of mercy. As he's dying on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Our second reading says this. Strive eagerly for the greatest spiritual gifts. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. It is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. Love does not seek its own interests. It is not quick-tempered. Listen to these next ones, guys, because we just don't live them. Love does not brood over injury. Love does not brood over injury. Think of this last week. Somebody said something to you. Somebody said something about you. Or someone told you what somebody else said something about you. Or somebody did something to you that wasn't good. And that hurt in your heart. You brood over it again and 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 again. And you just keep brooding over it. Love does not brood over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing. The guy you don't like, the, the person you don't like, something bad happens to them and you're like, they deserved it. That's not true love. That's not being Christian. That's not fighting. Love does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Pentecost. The Sacrament of Confirmation comes from Pentecost. When Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus appeared to the apostles, to the disciples. Then he visited with them for 40 days. He ascended into heaven. Before he ascended into heaven, he commanded them, go to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And then they go back to their homes. They don't do anything. At some point, they gathered in Jerusalem. And as they're gathered in Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And the Holy Spirit does something to the apostles that before they couldn't do. Meaning that they could not go out and talk about Jesus to their, to their families, to their friends, to, to those that, they, that hated them. But when they received the power of the Holy Spirit, they went into the streets of Jerusalem and they began to proclaim the gospel, the good news, to the point that you and I are here today in this church because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We gather today because God is so good to us. He wants us to be soldiers. He wants us to fight for Him. To fight with Him. Confirmation gives us that same Holy Spirit and we can make the choice whether to receive that gift or to reject it. Some practical points about confirmation, and then I'll, I'll close with a, a couple of 
of weapons that we can use. In order for confirmation to be valid, it must be administered by a validly ordained bishop who has received apostolic succession all the way from the apostles. We see that in Acts of the Apostles. It's only the apostles who can, who can confirm. So one must receive it from a validly ordained bishop or been granted permission by the bishop for a priest to do the, to do the confirmation. Catholics and Orthodox Christians are the only ones with valid confirmation. Lutherans, Episcopalians, Anglicans, they have what's called confirmation, but it does not bestow the, the sacrament. Even um, a number of them would deny that it's a sacrament. But it doesn't bestow the sacrament because they, they would not have valid the ordained priests. The priest, Father Martin Luther, denied that when he began the, the Protestant Reformation. It can be received only once. And now I want to mention a couple of, of, of weapons. Jesus gave us the seven sacraments because he knew that we would need them. The greatest weapons of all are the sacraments. Of course, we can't enter into the sacraments if we don't have faith. We need faith to enter into the sacraments. We need to believe God before we can receive the gifts from him. The sacraments. I just want to mention about one sacrament. The sacrament of, of confession, next to the sacraments of initiation, is, I would say, probably the greatest sacrament. Because you and I don't listen to the king. We say that prayer, my kingdom come, my will be done. Instead of thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We fail, we mess up, we do stupid stuff. Jesus gave us the sacrament of confession on Easter Sunday because he knew that we would need his mercy, his forgiveness. So he gave the power to forgive sins to the apostles. Next week I'll talk about the sacrament of, con or of, of confession. So I'd recommend going to confession often. This, this, um, this other weapon, this may sound strange, but it's a very powerful weapon and I'll, I'll explain why. The rosary. Before every weekend mass, Saturday, Sunday, we pray the rosary. It's a very good prayer. The reason why it's an important prayer is because right now, right now, those who are playing the Super Bowl tonight, they're going through all their moves. They're preparing. They're listening to their coaches. The rosary is like that. The rosary is meditating upon the mysteries of Jesus. The mysteries, mysteries of Jesus' family, of his life. And in meditating upon the mysteries of our king, we begin to know what the king wants. We begin to live our lives like that. As warriors for the king. So I want to challenge you all. Pray the rosary every day. Pray the rosary every day. And I, I mean that. Pray the rosary every day. I grew up, we as a family prayed the rosary every morning, 7 o'clock. We all be called down the steps. We gather in the living room, we'd pray the rosary. Sometimes I'd sleep halfway through the rosary, but I was there. When I left home, I stopped praying the rosary. I didn't start praying again until till two years ago. Now, if I'm in bed, 
and I realize I haven't prayed the rosary yet, I get back out of bed and I pray it. It does wonders, guys. It does wonders. It really transforms one's thoughts. Rather than thinking about stuff that passes away, that's gone next week or next year, we're meditating upon the mysteries of eternal life, that which lasts forever, the one who created us. So pray the rosary every day. Be bold. Defend the faith by word and deed. Let us all be good soldiers.